are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Spurs is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of the Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, the way we change talk sports. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer. Glad to have you back. And full disclosure, this episode is recorded before the Hornets game. So hopefully by now we're talking, you know, you guys are celebrating a uh, win uh, versus Charlotte to begin the Spurs nine game homestand. Yeah, they'll be in San Antonio for quite some time. But yeah, by the way, after the Hornets game, it's some guy named Kawhi. He'll be in San Antonio for a back-to-back set with the Clippers and Spurs. But that's for another episode of Locked On Spurs. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing ceiling. What I mean by that is, what is this Spurs team ceiling right now? They're playing pretty good uh, when many of us counted them out to start the season. But how much more can they get? You know, how much better can they improve as the season moves on? And also, we're going to catch you up with some news and notes regarding LaMarcus Aldridge, Jared Allen, and much, much more. To do that, I am joined by YouTube star, the one and only <laughs> Casey Vieira. Uh, not only uh, a frequent guest here on Lockdown Spurs, but uh, you know he has a thing called Vieira's an SA. How's that going, Casey? Oh, it's going. It's going. We're having fun. You know how it is. You really are. a. You and your wife are really big fans of The Bachelor. We are. Yeah, yeah, we are. We we are. You know, it was one of those things where um, I had never really paid attention to it. And I started watching it at one point, some point, that point being, I guess, when when we started dating uh, five, six years ago now. And man, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's a I don't even know if I want to call it a guilty pleasure because I don't feel too guilty saying that I watch it. But it's 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 good tv you know there's nothing like watching other people's misery when it comes when their hearts come to their hearts getting shattered but i guess these this season was probably a bit more uh i don't know i i guess more than that with the well i'm I'm sure you heard with the yeah with the woman who um i guess had the racially insensitive posts that made Mm -hmm. you that made your way right I, I believe. I, well, I, I think I heard it from you and your wife on the oh, show. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. There you so, go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. And We're to get more too. of, and to get more of years and essay, just go to YouTube and search it uh, there in that search bar of years and essay and subscribe right now. But uh, enough of the Bachelor. You know. Well, by the way, the Spurs have a lot of Bachelors, a lot of young guys on there. But you know, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of young guys on there. Yeah. But uh, speaking of the young guys, they're they're playing pretty good. You know, without Murray, without Mills, they took it to the Bucks, and you know were at least competitive with them. They didn't get rolled over, so yay! Three and two on the recent road trip. It was impressive, three and two, considering you're seeing a lot of development that continued pace, that development. You know, Lonnie Walker, you know, career high, thirty-one points. Murray being Murray, you know, Kelden, twenty-twenty. Now they're on this nine-game homestand where they can really pad that record. It just begs to ask, Casey, and I'll let you start this off here. What is their ceiling? Is this, oh my God, dare I say, a top four team in the West? I mean, you've got with the Lakers dealing with LeBron James's injury, LaMelo Ball, you know, he's he's down, so you can, you know, um, count him out, you know, as far right. as um, giving them a loss. You know, hopefully by now, you know, the Spurs got the win. But my point is, is that 
this team possibly, I don't think we've ever seen their ceiling yet. Well, well, hold on. Hold on. I agree. I agree with one context and I agree, I guess, disagree in another context. All right. Hit the idea that they're a top four team, I don't think that's crazy to say. When you say top four in the conference, it always sounds much crazier than what it is in theory when you think about how it shakes out in the postseason. Because theoretically, if they were going into the playoffs, going into the playoffs and they got a matchup the right, you know, mm-hmm. wh- whoever it may have been, uh, and they advanced to the second round, well, by that logic, that would make you a, a top four team in the West, right? Right. Yeah. So, and I, I think that's their ceiling right now. I think that's their ceiling. Um, is that I think they can win a playoff series and depending on who they match up with, um, I think that's a real legitimate chance they can win a playoff series. Beyond that, I'm not totally confident it could be really anything more. I, I, I mean, we all know the Lakers injury situation, but I highly doubt that that's LeBron, James, and Anthony Davis both will not be in the playoffs uh, come yeah, April or yeah, come May. I, I mean, I think everyone's operating under that assumption that they'll be there. So I, I'm still putting LA over them, I'm still putting Utah over them. Uh, everyone else though, it, it's just right. kind of like a toss up. It's very matchup mm-hmm. based. It's mm-hmm. very matchup oriented because I'm not totally sold on the Clippers. The, the Suns have been a nice story, but let's, let's mm-hmm. very much kind of like the Spurs. Let's see what right. happens when you get to the party a little bit. Portland's up and down. Dallas is up and down. Mm-hmm. So very much after those top two teams, the Lakers and the Jazz, we'll call it, I guess, like three through seven, which could probably go any of which ways. Uh, I didn't even mention Denver in that right. in that context. Yeah, Denver, I, Spurs theoretically could end up three, could end up potentially not even being in the playoffs at all because they'll be in a 7-10 game, 7-10 series. So mm-hmm. right now, though, considering the parity outside of those top two teams, I think their ceiling is a first-round playoff series win and going on to the West semifinals. I don't think anybody would be surprised if that was the outcome, if they were to advance past the first round. I mean, it really shouldn't. Uh, let's right. just pretend how it shakes out. You know, they you know, they, they draw the, the Suns, you know. I mean, that'd be, first of all, that'd be a fun series to watch. Right. Uh, those two young teams going at each other. But with a guy named Popovich, you know, you give um, the Spurs that edge over Phoenix. If for some reason they draw the Blazers, you know, I think that can go the Spurs' way, you know. They got Dame. CJ, and that's about it. You know, I mean, they really don't have yeah. much as far as depth. One thing I like about this. Sp- move. Portland's yeah. got to make a move. Yeah, they got to do something because I feel like they're just kind of caught. They've just kind of been caught. And that's, I know a couple of years ago they went to the conference finals, but it feels like forever they're just caught in that second round purgatory and everyone else is getting better and they're just still kind of there, you know? Mm-hmm. But the one thing that is going to help the Spurs ceiling get higher is their defense. This year you're seeing uh, their defense just really shine. Uh, they held two teams under 100 points during the road trip, which is almost in today's era of the NBA. It's almost like, what? You did that feat against right. an NBA team? I mean, they did They did that. Granted, it was against the uh, the Pistons, and I forget the other team it was, but my point is is that their defense is really coming through. Um, do, 
Okay, let me just. I'll just. I'll just ask you because I know you've been very vocal about this. <laughs> you were trying to like, like. I was trying to find a way to say this nicely, but yeah. there's no way around it. All right, just Derek White. Let's just yeah. dive in, Derek White. You know, defensively, he's still doing it. Uh, the numbers show it. It's just on the offensive end is where he's struggling right now. He has like a four and eleven shooting night. You know, um, you know, under double digit scoring, uh, over from three point line, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think he could be this X factor if he really gets going and be the Derek White we saw in the bubble last year that, yeah, this team can go to another level slash ceiling? I think very much it runs on him. I really do. I really do. I think if you're getting the Derek White that you're getting right now, a guy who is, I don't want to say one-dimensional, but because one dimensional one dimensional would kind of entail that you're pretty much a black hole on the other side of the floor and he's certainly not a black hole on on the offensive side of the floor and the defense he's still pretty consistent but he has not exactly been particularly good on the offensive side of the basketball and and whether you chalk it up to the covid thing whether you chalk it up to just the fact that he was on a essentially a, a four month hiatus from playing the game only to come back, get a quick cup of coffee for a handful mm-hmm. of games, get hurt again, come back for a handful of games. Presumably, I'm going to guess that he he had COVID because he looks like he's been he's had that that COVID haze that they always sure. talk about that that uh, Jason Tatum had and, and Cam Newton had, where just they just don't really seem right for that initial period of time, and, and that's kind of that looks like him right now. I mean, that ain't my place to say. That's me speculating, but. I really do think it goes around him in that regard because in the playoffs, I'm going to pound you over the head with cliches here. The game slows down. Buckets are hard to come by. Right. And for a team like the Spurs, whose best player offensively is a guy in the half court, they're going to be very much limited at at times with how they look because you're going to see a lot of those options of run through DeMar. The transition opportunities aren't exactly going to be there. So when they're mm-hmm. in the half court, it's going to be a lot more of DeMar than we already see. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors. You can find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile. And join the NFL, Locker Room, MLB, or NHL group, or NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Spurs room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And it can be directly delivered to your door in just a few easy clicks. The rockauto.com catalog is easy to navigate. It's unique. You can see all the available uh, parts for your vehicle or car. And you can choose the brand specifications and the prices you prefer. And those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. 
Save for the professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't go spending up to twice as much. Just go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box with another we sent you. An amazing selection of reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And so as a result, for him to be effective and in turn make other people effective, they got to get the guys on the perimeter, on the offensive end, knocking down those shots consistently, knocking down those three balls consistently, help facilitate and make that extra pass on the outside to create some space, create those opportunities. And as a result, after DeRozan, after DeJounte Murray, Derek White's next in line, Mm -hmm. or theoretically is next in line should be at this point at that point uh come playoff time but if you're getting the Derek white that you're getting right now in that first round series i don't know um i don't feel overly confident about this spurs team getting out of the first round that said though i don't think assuming he stays healthy which again it's kind of a big if at that point as well but assuming he stays healthy i think this is probably the floor that we're seeing with white right now i don't think we're going to see bubble Derek white by the end of the season i don't but if you could find some kind of median in the middle definitely you know no kidding casey definitely going to be beneficial for this team going into the postseason yeah you look at uh white uh, as of this recording he's he's only played a grand total of 392 minutes this season 15 games that's it so you you give him a a, a great amount of slack you know, he had the COVID, right. he had he had surgery, he had the toe injury, he was out, you know, rotations, blah, blah, blah. We all know the, the what's going on with him. But if he's still playing this way offensively in next week, week and a half, then then there's a problem. Then then there's something up. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, defensively, you know, he's fine. I think I'd be more concerned if his defensiveness was slipping. Right. You know, if he's getting well, better, I think yeah, that, that, that exactly. would make me more concerned. But I just think offense will come. Yeah, uh, every 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 player goes through a bad shooting uh, streaks. Um, well, I think it, the thing it, it that was cautionary. I think that the, the thing that was cautionary with him was in that Milwaukee game was it was a lot of you know it felt like there was a lot of poor decision making made in that game from from White, especially down the stretch. There was that one play. Now, they were inside maybe like six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and he dribble drove and yeah. got into the paint and tried to wrap around pass from inside the key cross court to Lonnie Walker at the wing, and it got like picked off. It w- mm-hmm. wasn't even close, and so it was stuff like that that you could tell he was just not there, not still finding that that rhythm a little bit. And for a play like that, I don't know if that's him kind of over estimating maybe you know the the zip that he could put on the ball mm-hmm. to find Lonnie in that in the, in that uh position on the floor this is me just speculating here um is that an, is that another symptom of this covid haze this covid fog that everyone talks about uh just kind of you know uh not re- or i guess realizing mm-hmm. as yeah realizing a little bit more and more that certain things aren't there um, and when you're doing that as a professional athlete against nine with nine other freak professional athletes on the floor, your margin for error is, is mm-hmm. certainly much smaller. But I, I that Milwaukee game, I left feeling a little bit cautionary with it. 
And that's something that I think is worth keeping an eye on uh, because they're going to need whatever they can get. If he's not going to shoot the ball particularly well, they're going to need him to be that facilitator to put mm-hmm. other guys in the spot so they right. can take those shoot those, those shots and shoot particularly well if he's not going to do that. But if the decision-making isn't there neither, you're – and again, this is worst case scenario, really stretching it. You're dealing with an offensive liability and kind of going back to that black hole thing. But I think we're a ways away from that. Yeah, I, think I think it's so a matter too. of this thing really spiraling uh, mm-hmm. out of control for him. I think we're a ways away. But yeah, and, and, uh, it's cautionary, though. I think uh-huh. it's a thing. I think we're kidding ourselves if, if this if we don't think this is a thing by now. No, it should be. And, and the numbers show it. You mentioned turnovers. He had three turnovers against uh, the Bucks in the loss. But in the previous game against Cleveland, he had one. And then in the previous game, you know, before that against the Bulls, he had one. So maybe that was just right. one of those nights. But shooting wise, yeah, that that's where you kind of open your eyes because at Cleveland, three for fourteen. I'm sorry, four for eleven. At Milwaukee, three for fourteen. At Chicago, four for fourteen. Mm-hmm. So not particularly shooting the ball well. Twenty one percent in the loss versus Milwaukee, thirty six percent at Cleveland in the win. 0 for 8 from the three-point line uh, versus the Bucks. So, yeah, shooting-wise, it hasn't been great for him. But you look at the Spurs team and you say, okay, fine, but he'll snap out of it, you hope. And all signs will point to, yeah, he will, just give him some time. But then you look at the other players on the, the roster. I think Mills right. is going to be Mills for the rest of the season. That's who you're going to get, that double-figure scoring punch off the bench. Same thing with uh, Gay. I just think with you're seeing every game pass and this young core just getting better little by little. And they're not doing leaps and bounds. Uh, they're just improving a little bit. The defensive right. side is getting better. <clears throat> yeah. uh, offensively, there's still some work to do. You're seeing Pirtle uh, fit in better with this Spurs team. You're 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 getting uh, some production. Out of um, Lonnie, you know, we mentioned the mm-hmm. 31 points, you know, he seemingly is starting to, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but I, I mean, I wouldn't say turn the corner and being consistent, but you're seeing a little bit more consistency out of him. Right, right. Do you think this Spurs team, could, I mean, is it safe to say this is, a, this is a Spurs team that no, let's just say they don't make the top four, that no top four wants to face in the first round? And they're, right. they're, they're, they're dangerous, aren't they? I mean, in, in dangerous uh, a dangerous matchup in the first round, or right. right? I don't think a dangerous matchup for the Lakers or the Jazz if they right. if they end up playing if they end up playing them. I don't think they're a dangerous matchup. Uh, I think a lot of this is 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 matched up base a matchup based. I mean, I I still have a hard time putting them putting them over putting them over the Nuggets in a seven game series right now because I think just Jokic still presents too many problems from them in, in the post, uh, but I mean, I, I think the I think Phoenix they certainly have a, a a reasonable chance to take that series. I, I definitely think they have a reasonable chance to beat the Mavericks in a series, without a doubt. Uh, I, so I mean, I don't know, I don't know if I'd go as far to say that this is your your classic. No, you you want no yeah. part of these guys if you're a top seed. Because I don't think really three through seven is anything special, uh, right. comparatively speaking, to the rest. Now, what what really will kind of throw things off here is 
a matter of how far the Lakers fall because that could screw things up. So like say say the Spurs are the are the 6 seed and they end up playing Phoenix who ends up at the 3 seed and the Lakers are in that 4-5 spot. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball and the NHL they're in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on out to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts, and use promo code LOCKEDON. And we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar, the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it's Built Bar Madness. Head on out to BuiltBar.com right now to see uh, the matchups that are ongoing right now. And remember to use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order over at BuiltBar.com. And don't forget to go check out BuiltBar.com to see who wants today's matchup. It will become the best tasting protein bar. If you were to go into the second round, that 4-5 is going to play the 1. So you're in a spot with the Spurs right there. If you're kind of staying away from one of those two teams, the Lakers or the Jazz, in the first round, because theoretically the Lakers and the Jazz would meet up, assuming that LA is going to struggle without LeBron over the next couple of weeks, and you're opposite a side of that, I'm okay. I mean, yeah, you, you got a chance here. You got a chance to to make some noise uh, to go deep in the Western Conference Finals uh, or go to the Western mm-hmm. Conference Finals. I, I, I should uh, amend myself there, but but it goes back to that matchup thing. You know what I mean? I, I would imagine the Spurs. You know, obviously playing for position, they want to admit it, but I could definitely see them playing to get out of that bracket with the Lakers at minimum because you're going to draw yeah. one of those guys, either it'd be the Lakers right. or the Jazz. They're going to get well, you're going to have to play them at some point. Yeah, at some point you're going to have to play them at some point. Um, but, I, I, but I think I think it's very much possible though that that the Lakers falling falling to the point where they would theoretically be lined up with Utah in the second round. That could be major for the Spurs. That could mm-hmm. be major because those are the only two teams. Those are the only two teams right now that I think non-debatable the Spurs couldn't beat in a seven-game series. I would probably put Denver in that category or, or one category below that is that I still don't think the Spurs have enough to beat them in a seven-game series based based primarily on, on Jokic. But after yeah, that, after that, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It, it feels like almost, I mean, I want to see a toss-up, but close to it because it is. if you it look is. at the if you outside of the one and two we're just going to presume that's going to be you know your jazz and their lakers then right you can look at the matchups and however they shake out and be like yeah flip a coin that's how it mm-hmm. comes down to and i think that's what's going to happen look but you know obviously we're talking about their ceiling we got to just keep this in mind too that they're still that 500 team yeah they're right. playing great but you look just in their last 10 they're five and five Right, so, and then they um, got a tough schedule, and they got a tough schedule ahead of them. Yeah, they, it's crammed. It's every other day. There's still a, a good handful of 
back to back sets. They still got to go through. They got one right now, you know, right after the, the Hornets game, which finished last night. They got the Clippers back to back. Right. Uh, I, so there you go. And it's not going to be easy task. And I'll, you know, the Clippers, you know, they did lose to San Antonio early in the season, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, overall, I, I think the Spurs ceiling, I want to give them six. I think that's their ceiling right there. What mm-hmm. do you think? I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. So you think they're. Is, is the, the, that. The wild card what, is Dallas. If Dallas um, gets going. And you know Luca's starting to get going. And they appear the like they are going. starting to get going. Yeah, yeah that's that's the wild beat card. The, is Dallas, beat the right? hell out of out of Portland the other night. Yeah, well they're seventy three in the last ten, so mm-hmm. they're they're kind of coming on now. And I think that is. I mean, I don't see the Warriors. I mean, they'll be in that mix, that playing tournament mix. So sure, Grizzlies, sure, uh, Pelicans, they'll be in that mix. I will, I will say this: I'd feel much more, even though even though the Grizzlies smacked the Spurs around earlier in the season in San Antonio, but I would feel much, much more confident hosting a 7-10 series for the Spurs hosting Memphis than Golden State. <laughs> but here's the much. thing. If, if you're San Antonio, you don't want to get in that whole play-in tournament mess because you have a cramped oh. schedule, and then you're going to add more games before the playoff starts. So. Yep. You don't. I mean, you don't. That's, that's you don't want to get yeah, in, in, the, in that tur- in that tournament. Yeah, I mean that's what it's designed for, right? To give a lot yeah. of these teams the incentive to keep playing the last couple mm-hmm. weeks of the season. Right. Exactly. And All of right. Of course, that works out great for the Spurs, who are right on that. <laughs> it, cost. it is. Yeah. So if you're if Spurs fans, I definitely you know you definitely got to watch your Blazers, your Mavericks. Uh, those are the two teams right now. See if they start getting going. If they start getting going, then yeah, it might be tough for San Antonio. And I think they have the hardest schedule in the second half of the season. I think that's the number shake out. Yeah. Spurs. It's tough because it always fluctuates. It, it, it always fluctuates. So I always wonder like, what's, what do they consider? Is there like a cutoff point that they, they're like, at like after, and when they released the schedule, because you know, teams, teams skyrocket and teams just totally plummet. The Atlanta Hawks a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and they were an afterthought on everyone's schedule. And now they've won eight, nine games in a row, whatever it is. I don't know. So I was—I always take that kind of with a grain of salt. It's either like you know it's going to be really hard, or not particularly hard. What a grain of salt in terms of like the number strength of schedule sure. where it ranks right. up. Right. But the Spurs, as we know as a whole, their schedule is tough. Long story. Yeah, short, it, 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 yeah. it really is. Yeah. yeah. And once again, we are recording this before the Hornets game last night. So as of this recording, they were five and five in their last ten. Just again making that very clear. Hopefully, there are six. And, uh, you know, they give another uh, game in the win column, standing currently at 22 and 17. All right, let's go to shift gears now, uh, Casey, and talk about the latest news and notes regarding the silver and black. We'll start off with the big name right now. We, As of this recording, we still don't know what's going on with LaMarcus Aldridge. Either he's going to leave San Antonio via trade or via buyout. Let me just quickly run through the latest news uh, reports regarding LMA. Uh, if you think he's going to go to the Big Apple in New York, you can count that out. The Knicks and Aldridge do not have any interest in teaming up. That is via the New York Post. And you recall, you know, was it wasn't the weren't the Knicks chasing him back in 2015? They they wanted oh, yeah. Him. yeah yeah they they did, yeah but that was uh, that fell through because they wanted him to play the five because they uh, wanted Porzingis to play the four. Worked out great, right? Worked out great, yeah. Well, and actually, think, no, and it did work out pretty well. They got Julius Randle now, so it right, and, that, and that's well. and that's what the post is uh, reporting is that it's because 
uh, Randall's playing so great, and he would if they bring in LMA, they'll get eat into Randall's minutes. So they mm-hmm. rather say nah, pass. Also, yeah. the Ringer reports that to not count out the Trailblazers for a reunion in Portland. Um, the Ringer is reporting that the Trailblazers are a threat to nab Aldridge, whether it be a buyout or trade. Aldridge has been very vocal about finishing his career with the Blazers. That was his first team. Uh, he made amends with uh, Damian Lillard. So that's water under the bridge now. I would not be surprised if that's how this shakes out, Casey. Uh, I agree. You know, I the Nurkic is still out, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I, they I need agree. help with size. So I've, all signs have pointed to it for two years now. Right. So now, now it's, it's going to be his chance. You know what I mean? Well, want, they, need a, yeah. they need a big guy. They need a reserve big guy. And he was so blatant about it as a spur. Remember, remember uh, <laughs> no. when there was, you know, when there was, you know, non, you know, this whole mess that he wants to out. It he would show up to games wearing red and black and blatantly say it. I know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm wearing guy, red and black because I'm a, I'm a Blazers guy. Yeah, that's like, that's like, uh, this is like a girl <laughs> dating a guy and <laughs> Still like walking around with like her ex's hoodie on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was very, he wasn't even subtle about it. No, he wasn't subtle about it at all. He's like, Oh yeah, I play with the Spurs, but I do want to go back home and I do like the colors red and black on me. They look good. So uh, if, if he wants to go there, well, now's his chance. And finally the team that's been linked to him the most, that is the Miami heat uh, via ESPN's Brian Windhorse. That. It's the heat that is on Aldridge's preferred destinations if bought out. That's Miami again seems to be the team that is linked to him the most. Now, recently the Herald, Miami Herald, that is, reported that trade talks between the Spurs and Heat went nowhere, which could be legit considering, you know, if you're Pat Riley, you're like, oh, you're gonna be bought out, you know, in what, a couple more days? Yeah, we'll wait till then. If you are interested in coming to us, then we'll just sign on the dotted line when that buyout happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts on this whole Miami? That seems to be, you know, the preferred destination for him. I think just as much Miami as it is Portland. One yeah. of the two. He's going to get bought out, which is what I expected. I didn't expect. I didn't expect a huge trade market for him. Uh, no, no, I, d- I didn't. I didn't. At the as soon as as soon as we we saw him, like I guess really for a couple months now kind of lose get banged up one and miss time before coming back and then sitting on the bench getting benched behind Pirtle you you knew it was going to be a very tough trade market for him you knew there wasn't going to be high a high demand for him and in all likelihood it was going to lead to a buyout and that's been pretty much consistent and I think that's what we're heading towards so yeah I mean if it's if if I had to, if I had to choose, I would say probably ends up going Miami over Portland, mm-hmm. but by the slightest of margins. Either way, it's going to be one of the two. I think Lillard may be the X factor in all this. If Lillard says, "Hey, let's do it again. Let's run it back. Mm-hmm. You know, pick up where we left off. Maybe that'll sway him." You know, he's. Yeah. He, he mentioned it earlier. You know, he's he's still connected to the Portland area. Right. Uh, you know, he he definitely is a blazer, even though he wore silver and black for how many years? So uh, yeah. we'll see. In, in other uh, news and notes, this is interesting. This is comes from uh, Yahoo Sports. Uh, they're reporting that Jared Collins, center. I'm sorry, Jared Allen. People calling Jared, Jared Allen. Jared You're Collins. combining yeah, the other, the other, yeah, target. the other big man. Yeah, Jared yeah. Allen out of Cleveland is a, a target for the Spurs. 
in the offseason. Let's just make this very clear. Uh, Allen is a restricted free agent, so the Cleveland will have a chance to match, but the Spurs will have a rather big purse in the offseason. You know, I, I, I think he'd fit in great. Uh, it'd be a nice one-two punch with him and Pirtle. Or even if he comes off the bench, fine. Or a Proto goes back to the bench, fine. I, I think this is a yeah, guy. Yeah, that would that put Proto to the bench. Yeah. Yeah, that would put him to the bench, right? Um, your thoughts on Allen um, if things were to shake out and he lands in San Antonio? Uh, nice ball player, not worth the price tag, though. Because in all likelihood, you're going to have to close to max him. And Cleveland, Cleveland, I think they're they're invested in him. That's part of the reason they kept drumming around. Uh, was so they could shop that, but once they got Allen, you know, you knew that it was largely going to entail moving Drummond, and and Jared Allen was that was the focal point, the piece that they got back with the uh, with the whole Harden trade a few a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Now uh, I can't see I can't see Cleveland letting him walk. Of course, there there'll be interest. I mean, he's good. He's a good, solid young ball player. He, he's a good ball player, solid defensive big guy, young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I totally understand the interest in having him, but as a result, uh, I, I think it'll be a competitive market. Like you said, the Spurs will, will be involved, mm-hmm. but maybe they will. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will throw that kind of money at him. I think there's more glaring needs with this team with a def- other than a defensive big man. When you have Jakob, who's actually played pretty well, and certainly well for his price tag at $27 million mm-hmm. that he got over three years. So considering that's not the glaring weakness with this team, and he's not exactly uh, a guy who can help with the weakness of this team of being another consistent offensive presence going forward. He's not, uh, he's athletic, but he's not an overly athletic big man mm-hmm. either. And I know that's part of the reason uh, the novelty that that there was a lot of speculation around John Collins too from Atlanta. Uh, I don't I don't see the I, I don't see him being worth a potential max contract. And uh, if if that's what it takes, which I think that it would take, I don't it see the Spurs that, pulling yeah. the trigger. Yeah, just from the just from the market, I don't I I think the Spurs would come in short of that. Yeah, the Spurs are reportedly in the mix with the Wizards, the Pistons, and the Raptors. Um, again, Yahoo Sports is reporting that the Spurs have some level of interest in the uh, seven-footer playing with Cleveland. And finally, this is some high praise. So, look, LaMelo Ball, as of right now, his season is over due to a fractured wrist. But before that was announced, former Spurs coach and current head coach of the Hornets was asked, Hey, James Borrego, throughout your basketball career, have you? Can you compare Lamelo Ball to somebody that you've seen play before? And he said Manu Ginobili. He said that the young ball reminds him of number twenty, the Spurs legend. Uh, why? He said that Melo uh, Lamelo Ball can make something out of nothing the way Manu did, and just the flair for the game, um, uh, the, the the passing, and uh, those pinpoint passes that Manu used to do. Uh, a little too too premature to at least in my I mean I get why he's gonna say that. I mean that's his guy. He's gonna want to pump him up. But woo, that's some lofty praise there, Casey. Yeah. I would say one, pump the brakes, but two, I I, I don't really see it. Because I don't think Manu is the facilitator that Lamelo is. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think LaMelo is probably the scorer that Manu is. But then again, we're talking about a guy who's played, what, 50 games in his professional career compared right. to a guy in Manu Ginobili that played 500 games. Well, I guess it'd be more than 500. 500 playoff games or yeah. whatever. Uh, I mean, hey, if Borrego saw it, he's certainly more qualified to, to make that assessment <laughs> than me, who's currently sitting on my couch giving this analysis right now. Uh, but yeah, point being though, high praise. Very, very high praise. Definitely high praise. Yeah. Yeah, I I do agree with you. Pump the brakes a little bit there, James. I I get why you're saying it because you want to give some confidence to your young guy. You know, again, he said this before the injury news happened. But yeah, I mean, the Spurs fan base really took exception to that. They're just like, no, pass. Don't even go there, Borrego. Uh, Yeah. So, but Spurs fans, you know, they keep Manu and on a pedestal so you have to really bring it and by the way here's another reason why you want to pump the brakes uh casey because mono probably would have played through a fractured wrist knowing that guy (laughs) yeah let's see mono fracture his wrist and go out there try to shoot a basketball (laughs) well he did remember he fractured his elbow in the in the playoff series uh, versus memphis way uh, in the early uh, 2000s do we Uh, have a a stat line as to how he as to how he shot I don't have it on me right now, but um, I'm just saying that that's, I believe it was, I think it was, it was his left elbow. I think it was. Yeah. And um, Manu also played with uh, one ball, literally. So (laughs) every man's, every man's nightmare right there. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Manu was definitely a soldier. Uh, Noimana, he probably said, oh, it's just a scratch there, team doctor. I, I can play with this. I'm good. Let's, let's good roll out the ball. Didn't, it's a good thing Borrego said that wasn't another comparison to Manu too, right? <laughs> right, exactly. All right. Uh, by, by the way, you know, I've been biting my tongue on this, but you, you didn't like Derek White shutting down his social media, right? Yeah, it's tough because five years ago and me being a callous New Yorker, I would have been like, oh, this dude's soft. You know, this dude, this dude's soft. But present day, and now that a lot of us are, are really much more cognizant of, of the importance of mental awareness, mm-hmm. you don't know how people handle certain things. And yes, while it comes with the territory of being a professional athlete to be able to handle this kind of criticisms if if it's not if, if if his if he feel like feels like this is jeopardizing his own mental health mental well-being then who are we to say who are we to say you got to look out for yourself first when it comes to your own mental sanity like that but uh that said though in terms of kind of the the mini civil war that it's created amongst spurs twitter i i don't think you're out of line as a fan, if you're going out there and saying, listen, this guy's been playing, this guy's been playing like bad. He, he's not look good offensively. He's been, he's been borderline miserable. I don't think you're out of line saying that. I think that comes with the territory of being mm-hmm. a, a fan and supporting the team. And, and, you know, if you're not going to sugarcoat it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Not everything's going to be and, sunshine and rainbows and, for your team, you know? Yeah. Ask Sominich how it feels. right but like even aldridge though even aldridge aldridge was vilified forever 
But now all of a sudden, the people who are vilifying Aldridge, who love Derek White, they're getting all, you know, all bent out of shape because people are being critical of the fact that he hasn't shot the basketball well. And they're saying, oh, you're not a fan. You're a hater. Well, no, not at all. That's fandom. That's how it goes, right? That's well, how it well, goes. Well, here's the thing, too. It, uh, LMA did shut down his social media uh, early in his he was in vilified for it. Yeah. And he was vilified for it. Exactly. So you like you got to be like you can you can vilify someone in that regard. Like you can have that opinion of Lamarcus Aldridge if, if you're a Spurs fan. If you do that, and you could feel different about Derek White doing the same thing, but don't turn around and get all offended if someone says, "Okay, well, we don't like that he did that because he's playing poorly." Don't turn around and say, oh, well, you know what? You're not a Spurs fan. You're a Spurs hater. Who are you to right. hate on Derek White? Uh, uh, listen, uh, that's what it is, you know? Yeah, that's and what it's about, yeah. Right, yeah. And as long as they're not going at him, going into his mentions, DMing him directly, White Derek White this is, and saying just nasty things, just saying just, just really disrespectful things, which we know a lot of sports fans tend to do that because they don't have a perception of what's basketball mm, and what's reality. Philadelphia fans. Philadelphia yeah, fans. Yeah, you know. That's, that's where I think the difference lies, is that you can be critical of a guy all you want, but if you can separate it and say, listen, at the end of the day, he's a dude just like me. He's a dude. He's a guy just right. like me, working his and, job. And um, and we don't we don't we still don't know why he did. For all I for all I mean, right. like I told you before we hit recording, it could just simply be he's breaking out a new brand or something. You know, they're just getting it ready. You know, it could be something. Yeah, but that'd be awfully convenient timing, though. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be very uh, convenient. But yeah, look if he if he if he took it down simply because uh, he wants to um, just get his mind right, I don't have any issues with that. Nothing no. wrong with that. But. No. Same time, you know, if you're a fan, whether you're pro Spurs, they can do nothing wrong or, you know, critical of the Spurs team. That does not make you any less of a fan either way. No, um, right. And but the problem is sometimes Spurs fans, they tend to cross the line with each other and then they take it to a personal level. And that's where the Civil War begins. That escalates quickly, man. Fast. Yes. Very, very it fast. It really time. does. Mm-hmm. It really does. And there's like factions on Twitter. Where <laughs> oh my god, it's gone to that level. I know where it's just like factions where it's like we don't associate ourselves with the people who are DeJounte Murray haters, and the DeJounte Murray haters they're just like, Well, you know what? We don't like Lonnie either, and you like Lonnie, and the Lonnie <laughs> haters in return are getting all bent out of shape too. Like, You're treating Derek White just like you did Lonnie. You don't respect anyone on this team, you're not a real fan. I'm just saying there's that, that right. there's that real fan thing, you know. What is a real fan? And then that's what I say. You know, a real fan is is Spurs can do it wrong. Fine, you're a fan. You're critical of them. You're a fan. And right. If, if you wear the silver and black, but you're nitpicking them every game, you're still a fan. Thank you. Thank you. You <laughs> thank you. I think I've gone on your program and said this like six times already over the past year, but I'll say it a seventh. There's nothing wrong with being in acknowledging the wrongdoing of the, of a player and a team. And if you're getting pissed off as a fan, because a guy hasn't played particularly well, if you're at the game and DeRozan goes out there and shoots three of 15 and you're annoyed, you're a paying customer. It's your right to boo. That doesn't mean you hate the team. That doesn't mean you hate the guy. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Me personally, never in my career, 
never in my career, never in, in Derek Jeter's career did I boo him. But there was a stretch where it was like 2004, 2003, somewhere. They got to July and he wasn't even hitting 200. So he was getting booed. And me as a Yankee fan, I'm like, well, listen, man, it comes with the territory, you know? Mm-hmm. Nobody hates Derek Jeter. No, if someone sees Jeter walking down the street, you're not going to go up to him and flip him off and then keep going. <laughs> it's still Derek Jeter, but that comes with the territory right. of, of being he, a fan. Here's food for thought. Mm. When Danny Green was a spur towards the end of that career, and he started really becoming more cold than hot from shooting, mm. uh, never did he trend on Twitter. Now he's with Philadelphia. Now and that nice. Philadelphia fan base lights him up. Mm-hmm. lights him up uh, to the point where they go. are yeah. just wrecking him. But there, and there you, you go, see the though. difference. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. Those Philly fans, they're lighting up, they're lighting up Danny green, but I guarantee you those Philly fans, because one, because they're, they're, they're crazy as it is, but two, Very and two, so. because they're, they're, they know what it is. They're not soft. They don't get bent out of shape. If a guy next to them boos, they're not turning around saying, stop booing our guy. You're not a real fan. Yeah, and that's what it is. That's what it, that's know, how it should be. Unless you're again, no, unless you're going into that dude's DMs and, and ripping yeah. him, his family or something like that, then that's the line. But if you can get to that line, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Anyways, exactly. rant rant over. Rant over, can, rant over. Yeah. It can go back to the seven other times I've went on this program and said <laughs> just for reinforcement. I'm sorry. Do your thing. <laughs> All right. Well, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. Uh, what do you think about the Spurs ceiling? Is it still climbing? Do you think they've reached it? Why do you see the Spurs team going as the season uh, progresses? Also, what about the news and notes that we just uh, rattled off for you? Your thoughts on the LMA situation? Jared Allen, could he be a Spur? And hey, if you're a Spurs fan, and where do you side in all this Spurs fandom debate, infighting, all that good stuff when it comes to cheering or being critical of the Spurs? Let us know. Casey's going to tell you how you can chat with him. And he, well, Casey, take it away. <laughs> Uh, follow me on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira and be sure to go over on, onto the YouTube machine. If you got 10 minutes to spare, type in Vieira's in SA and check out my wife and I's YouTube program, Vieira's in SA. Also follow us on IG, that same handle at Vieira's in SA. All right, do that right now. As for me, uh, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. And speaking of the uh, Locked On uh, Network, I want to talk to you about Locked On Today. You get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. He updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts right now. So for Casey Vieira, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs. Locked On Spurs.